Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Programmatic. My name is Michael Dowies, and I'm here today with Taylor Arndt. Hi, Taylor. Hey, Michael. All right. Well, we are doing another one of these episodes. It's been a little while. It's the last day of 2023, and we figured we'd do a programmatic episode. Uh, it won't be a long episode, but I figured we should get together and talk about some things like uh, what's going to be coming up next year? What, How is programming going to be changing? What are going to be some trends for next year? And how will that matter? And I, this is a very big topic to me because I feel like we're now at a point where things can change in programming. And, and the reason why I say that is because we have AI now and AI can write a lot of code for us. And so there's no reason to write, uh, use the fastest way to get something done if AI can just do it for us. What do you think about that, Taylor? Yeah. And, you know, when you mentioned AI, I have seen AI coding assistants come up by the dozens every single day. I just learned about a new one today called AI Pilot. I think it's what it's called. And it can literally create the files for you, which mm -hmm. is something I've never seen before. And so when Michael's talking about AI, AI assistants are coming out by the dozens. And I think if you don't embrace them, you're going to be left behind. Well, let, let's, let's, that, that's kind of subjective, but it it's, it's, it's a tool. It's a new tool for a programmer, right? right. So you use what is, you, you use what tools you can use in the toolbox. Right. And it's that's very the important efficient. thing to think about there. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and with AI, we have the ability to make make code or to write code that we would not have normally had the time to write we can have it refactor code we can you know do all these things that we just don't have the time to go and do so one of the problems i think is people pick a language and they stick with it and they say okay I, i'm going to pick on javascript a lot today and they say okay javascript is what works for everything so let's just use it for everything well is that the right way to go maybe but maybe not for instance, you know, you can write an app that works on iOS and Android, but is that the best way to do it in JavaScript, right? Is JavaScript the best way to make everything work? And uh, is Python the best way to make everything work? Is is Swift the best way to make everything work? Is, is Java? No, it's learning what works the best for what you're doing. And I think next year we're going to see that it's easier than ever just to say, okay, I need to write this app and it needs to be cross-platform, well, I don't have to just stay with JavaScript or I don't have to stay with Python. I can actually write it in that native code using that AI. You know, one of the coolest things that you can do, and I've done this a few times, is say, take this Swift code and convert it to Java for Android, and it will do that. Yes, it will. So you can create activities, you could create all kinds of things out of Swift UI views, you can convert to Jetpack Compose, all these things, and it's just that powerful, and you don't need to even worry about, you know, uh, what your knowledge is. You you know, if you can go in and look and see what it did and make sure it runs, you know, then you can make the tweaks and problem solve. It's not important anymore to learn 10 different programming languages. If you learn the found fundamentals of a language, 
how to write an if statement, how to write a, a case, a switch, you know, how to print something to the screen, how to do these things, then you know the fundamentals of how to write good code. And you could take that between languages. You know, it's like the difference between writing a function in um, Kotlin compared to Swift is the letter K. So it's funk uh, or F-U-N-C, uh, so the letter C, and F-U-N uh, for, for, for Kotlin. So it, it's just, what is the differences? You know, wh- how do you, they all do the same thing. You know, a lot of languages just assume you're going to return void, but you can still add a return type in those languages. So it really just does not matter, right? It does not matter what the language is. You can just take what you know and convert it to that other language. Do you do this, Taylor? Oh my gosh, I do it all the time. I'm trying to think of a good example. I think I had a application that I was looking at and it was not in Python, which again is my language that I know the best. So I had ChatGPT. I said, hey, can you convert this code? I think it was in like, geez, I don't know. Oh, I think it was in like C Sharp. Can you convert this to Python? And it did a really good job. Mm-hmm. So that's the key to this is you just don't know, right? You, you don't know what is possible until you try it. And I think that we're going to see that, uh, you know, we Apps are built with React, React Native, Svelte, Svelte Native, uh, all of these other libraries. But when does it really matter? Like, you know, we, what is the best way to write something? What provides the best user experience? And what is going to be the most maintenance to keep up with? Because these libraries continuously change and the operating systems change. And if you write closer to native code, then you don't have to worry about things changing as much. Exactly. Even even wrappers like uh, Beware and things like that are great because they wrap around native code, so the code can change and and uh, you know all they have to do is update how the wrapper wraps around that code. Um, but it still depends on is are these things up to date, right? So it it just your trends really, you know, the trends that are, are are coming out are going to change, I think, because of AI. And even writing AI applications is going to be done a lot by AI. Yep. A- AI will soon be writing their own applications. That's crazy to think about. Yes, yes, it is. And AI will be able to improve on itself uh, or on your own applications. I'm building an RSS reader that does everything through AI. You know, it, it's being built by AI. I just, my issue is I'm trying to figure out how I want to lay it out. And then AI is doing the rest. I am building a to-do list, almost like Fantastic Help as an alternative that will use AI natural language processing to be able to detect, for example, if I say New Year's party tonight, it will say whatever. Or if I say, you know, get programmatic edited by Tuesday, it would say it basically the programmatic edited by Tuesday is a title as yep. well as the due date is Tuesday. And 
it will also, in addition to that, give you pointers on like how to complete that task again using AI. So mm-hmm. we're building apps that even use AI. And we're also looking at AI models that are up and coming. Yep. And, and you know, now there's even on-device LLMs that you can use. Um, there's a app you could get for Mac and iOS called, I think it's called Private LLM or something like that. I've never heard that, of that one. That does. We, we have it. It's a $10 app. Um, it's in the family plan. And you could try different LLMs. Different ones are better for different things. It's all done on your computer. Uh, it's, of course, best to, well, you can only do it on a Mac. I don't think there's a Windows version. Um, you could download the same LLMs with Python and that kind of thing. But um, this provides a GUI for it. And Interesting. Yeah. So there's some really cool use cases for, uh, you know, using offline uh, language models. And I think we're going to start to see more things go offline uh, next year to keep costs down. And I think we're going to start seeing that with, with, with code too. Less of a, you know, more cost saving, more of a focus on local development, not as much in the cloud development. I think that if we, you know, rely on on device databases that sync to off device, then we have the ability to leverage cost saving ideas, which I think is going to be a big trend starting next year because data centers are expensive. Uh, Remote machines are expensive. And I think that if we can start seeing um, people use, because our computers have so much power already. Our phones have so much power. If we can utilize that power for our own compute needs instead of having to send it all to a cloud that, you know, takes up a lot of resources, that's where the power is going to be. I wish we could download like GPT-4 on our device. I'm saying we can't now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did research about this, trust me, because I'm curious. Because I wish we could do that, but it's just so large. It's like it requires so much compute power. But how much compute power does it actually require? Like, why couldn't a high-end machine do it? I mean, these are all questions that I've been pondering for the last week and a half. Well, partly it is how much bad, how much, not battery, how much uh, processing and how much space goes into the model itself. Yeah, right. I guess that's how, a good point. How Could it fit on a local drive and then things like that? So it just depends, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, so there's like a, GPT several things that go two. into it. Right, there's GPT-2 and other things that are on device, but it's like those aren't as good. Mm-hmm. But those could be good for like LLM for the, sorry, not LLM, natural language processing for like what I'm going to be doing. But still, I'd rather have the more awesome models of GPT-4 and even GPT-4. You know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering... In, this is a topic for another podcast, but like weather prediction, what, what happens when we have these, these large models that, you know, we put weather data in, will they work with that? That'll be interesting. That's an interesting topic. That's interesting. But you know, as for programming trends, I think we're going to see people really kind of jumping off the JavaScript ship and looking at other ways to be profitable because Again, JavaScript's great, but it's not that end-all, be-all that it was hoped to be. And there are other languages out there that are just as good. And I think that's what people and programmers really need to realize, that this stuff is out there. We just 
need to work with it. You know, Python is a great language, you know, but it's people say, oh, that's that machine learning language. No, no, it can be no, used for not. much more than that. You know, mm -hmm. you could build good applications, you could build websites, you could build database stuff. You can do as much with it as you can JavaScript. You know, uh, the native languages, Kotlin and Swift, you know, you can do great stuff with those too. And, you know, there's environments to add pretty much anything you want with them. It's just people have to get out of their comfort zones and, and go work with this stuff because that's how you're going to learn and that's how you're going to really get the most out of these languages. That's a good point, Michael. And, you know, what I would say is, we keep going back to this, find the right tool for the right job. Mm -hmm. Because not everything will work for everything else. And I think that is the biggest thing that we're going to realize in 2024 is that, you know, JavaScript, again, has been great, but there are other alternatives and we just have to learn what is going to be the best, also the most cost savings. Yeah, and I mean, think about how much is done to make JavaScript work on your project, right? How much, how much, how many layers goes between your JavaScript and, and your native calls to the operating system. Think about how all of that is done and think about, okay, if I use Python with Beware, if I use, uh, you know, some of these other frameworks, Flutter, if I use some of these other things, do I get a better experience than if I'm using JavaScript to do the same thing? And I think you'll find that it's going to be a very different experience. And, um, you know, we're going to be talking about this a lot more in the new year. We're going to do a lot more programmatic episodes and we'll even do some tutorials. So it's going to be a great year for programmatic. We're coming back with this podcast and it's part of the IACast network now. So um, you can find it at uh, programmaticpod.com. And we're also on the IACast website. So you could check it out there. And we're, you know, we have a Discord server programming for everyone. We have the IA Accessibility Community server. So you could join there and talk to people. And we're working on some great stuff for the podcast in the new year. So we hope that you join us on that journey. Uh, Taylor, do you have any thoughts? That, uh, like, wh where do you think we're going to go in programming next year? Well, like I was alluding to earlier, I think, you know, when I made that statement about AI tools and all that other stuff, Basically, it's so efficient now and that like I am able to code things that I never thought I would because I don't have the time, but because of AI, I could do it. And so what I think is going to be a big thing is that we're going to be writing code, but we're also going to have AI write a lot of the code for us. What I see as our job as programmers is actually more of a QA person, making sure the code that AI writes is actually good because sometimes... AI can write bogus code that's absolutely garbage. And so I think that's the way that we're going to go is we're going to kind of be a AI QA police, if you'd say. And we're going to, you know, police the AI and make sure that it will write the code that we want. Where we might write some code by hand, but I don't really see that as a big part. Maybe some things, but we're also going to use different languages. And I see that, you know, the whole right tool for the right job is going to be a more important thing. We're also going to be doing some other programming-related things, you know, like blockchain and other things. I've heard that's going to really make a good comeback. Not comeback, but a, a good presence next year. And just a bunch of other programming trends. I've watched a lot of these videos, and so I think we're kind of on 
point here about what the programming trends are because there's so many of them and it's like we have to figure out you know what one is going to be your focus and that's kind of something else too that I watched a video about yesterday is that if somebody is going to be doing these programming trends and they're going to be getting on that bandwagon it could be a good promotion opportunity if you're a you know in a job situation where you're like a programmer and you want to learn some new languages and you can just tell your manager and I'm, they'd be very happy. Yeah. So there's a lot that's going into this and we'll be following it more and more and we want to have a discussion. So you can, you know, join our discord servers. We'll link to those in the podcast and we'll put them online on the YouTube channel and we're going to bring back this Techopolis channel for all kinds of different content next year. And just stay tuned. It's going to be a great year for every, all of our content. And, you know, let's, let's bring more programmers into the field. Let's make programming approachable. And I think that's very important. So, um, yeah. So, Taylor, thank you for being here uh, on this episode. We will be back next year with new content for Programmatic. Thanks again, and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.